0: Welcome to Third Tuesday. <laughs> <third. laughs> okay. Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, a monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry of faith formation with children, youth, and families in ELCA congregations. Our goal is to engage in conversations that strengthen and empower your ministry world. This podcast is produced by the ELCA Youth Ministry Network. I'm Danica Olson. I'm Elizabeth Patterson.
1: And I'm Adam Butler. Hi everyone
0: hey hey hi how's it going
1: hey let's get some energy going on here come on
0: hey Hey, (laughs) listen i'm like the wounded soldier like crawling to the finish line it's may (laughs) can we i mean right can we just have a moment of silence for yeah ministry workers in may
1: (laughs) yeah
0: it's brutal out here
1: we're recording this on a Thursday, and yesterday was the kind of final Wednesday of activities. We end super early where I'm at. And uh, man, the just like the eye twitch, the eyelid twitch that I had, and the massive headache of just like an entire year coming to a close. I mean, I was a mess yesterday. I went and bought cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory at like 9.45.
2: <laughs> For yourself?
1: and my PM wife or AM? uh and pm,
2: PM. No. <laughs> that's PM. serious
1: i mean either one is ridiculous right either yes. one is
0: so i just want to clarify which end of ridiculous yeah. you were on
1: i had to i had to figure out a target pickup order and i was like oh the cheesecake factory is just a little just up over the hill <laughs> so that that's was amazing. the kind of that was the kind of night it was last night but I, I feel, yeah, this is, this is the time.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: The weight of the entire year is.
0: Well, and like where we are, all the spring sports, all the things are happening in May. And so it's no less planning or, you know, whatever, but there are far less people. So, you know, maybe one of these years I'll wise up and just end programming like you early Because it would probably be a service to everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But I still have two weeks left, so it's
1: good. It's a little. Sometimes it's a little bit like disorienting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still relatively new in the call that I'm in, and uh, it's uh, because I've I've never been in a place that ends this early, and so it's a little bit disorienting. But I'm okay with it. Smart. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sweet. What are we talking about? Well,
1: I was wondering if you all would uh like to go with me on this topic of urgency. I'm oh. talking about urgency within the, which is kind of a, a a good thing to talk about as we come to the end of the year and it feels like the, the the things of the end of a program year are are urgent or we're getting ready for summer or we're already planning for what it's going to be in the fall and um I I get this like many others I get uh like 8 million newsletters from people I've signed up for over the years. And one of the ones that I get is from a guy named Oliver Berkman, and he writes a, a newsletter called The Imperfectionist. And uh, back in December, I've, we've held to this one for a while. Back in December, you can tell how urgent this conversation is. Um,
0: Just sitting on it for the right time.
1: That's right. Um, but the the Concept that he was talking about in the title of the the newsletter was urgency doesn't exist, and I was really intrigued by that. And there are several points within within what he writes that are that resonate with me. But I especially thought it was interesting to think about the concept of urgency within within ministry. Those who work in ministry, but especially ministry with people in the first third of life and their families, um, the job can feel urgent that like the next thing needs to happen right now. And once that thing's complete, like uh, the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, or that you've got 15 urgent things that need to happen by tomorrow or else the world is going to cave in. But especially related right now to the conversations we've had over the last couple years around like the changes in church and the changes in how we meet people through, uh, through the gospel and through the church, it feels like this moment we're in is particularly urgent, or at least it feels like that, that like we have to figure out what the church is going to be going forward and it has to happen now or else we're going to miss the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that it's a really important feeling to have that like we're in this moment and and we need like people's lives and the the meanings of their lives are at stake here and that is is great but i'm wondering about this statement that urgency doesn't exist and what that means for our work and how that simultaneously sets us free while also binds us to this really important work and what setting us free from urgency does. I don't know. I now I'm just babbling, but that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. What do you what do you think about that? Does urgency exist, Danica? Elizabeth? What what do you think?
0: I think it depends on who you ask, especially around the church. I think those there are those of us who spend 40 plus hours here who understand urgency differently than the people who have their butts in the pews or not <laughs> on Sunday morning and I I think <clears throat> the article is spot on in the sense that like we have created a monster out of urgency and productivity and to-do lists and things that are deemed urgent or important and what is the difference between that I just think there's there's a lot of good stuff there but I think maybe I'm I'm stumped in yeah. it around the church question. Yeah. So I can't wait to see where this conversation goes because <laughs> I think it's maybe like a maybe urgency exists in the church with a mm. strong emphasis on maybe. <laughs>
2: Interesting. I mean, I think all it really takes is one interaction where I'm trying to buy Five hundred dollars worth of something for a program that's happening on Sunday, but I put in the purchase rec on Thursday at four forty-five p.m. and then the people are out, and then I suddenly I'm not. It's not urgent anymore because it's just not happening. You know, like Mm -hmm. I I think it takes one of those to be like, huh, like what matters, and maybe that's the that's the kind of distinction is Mm. what matters. What really matters, um, in regard to what makes something urgent or not—that yeah. like you can trick yourself into thinking that something matters that maybe doesn't. I mean, I'm I'm personally good at that.
1: Yeah. Well, and the the distinction here is not like if urgency doesn't exist, then then that means we're saying that nothing matters or nothing is time sensitive or nothing uh, rises to a level of importance that it's worth our attention, right? In in fact, he makes the point that everything, theoretically, is time sensitive, right? Yeah. I have a finite amount of time on this earth, right? So it's going to end at some point, and so everything is time sensitive because I don't know when it's all going to come to a stop, and so, um, but 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 the effect of knowing that that everything is time sensitive. That everything has, uh, or, or and and that so many things matter, the effect that that could have is by is to take the urgency away from things that have to like that we feel like have to happen now, either by our own expectations or by someone else's expectations. And so, in a lot of ways, this doesn't like rid us of like the importance of things, and that things need that that we feel like things need to be done. It just takes the, um, that feeling of urgency away that we can get rid of like time sensitivity on every possible thing so that the weight of the world doesn't feel like it's on our shoulders every second of every day. Um, And I just kind of wonder what that does then to these conversations about like, yes, the day-to-day tasks of, you know, VBS is coming, coming on the heels or, You know, we got to get our fall plan figured out and we got to map out the whole year and it's got to happen tomorrow because if it doesn't happen tomorrow. Then we're already a day late on getting it figured out. But even more so, what does it mean as we think about the entirety of the church and the effectiveness of the gospel? And, you know, before we jumped on here talking about like, what does high school ministry look like anymore? And like, what are we doing with it? And I don't even I don't even know if I know Uh, So that tells me that I got to figure it out or like (laughs) if if I don't figure it out now, like what's going to happen. And I think that's a destructive force while still acknowledging Danica, what you said of the urgency of the gospel message to people's lives right now in this moment, how do we balance those two, two things? Mm -hmm. So we don't get lost or burned out in it.
2: Right. It's like a practice of refocusing your priorities, on a regular basis because it is just so easy to like to go down the rabbit hole of how are we going to decorate the hallways for VBS this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and now listen, I am one that is extremely important to me and super fun to work on. But like, you know, we could spend all our time there. And then maybe some of our when we think about what our priorities are, mm-hmm. some of that gets lost. Or
0: like to set straight that like important and it's 12 hours. Yes. So, and that's not to say that it's not important and that the the atmosphere and the setting and all of those things that they don't matter, but in the scheme of it, it's 12 hours of FaceTime with our littles, which again is not insignificant in the world that we live in. But I think sometimes we can get stuck in like, this is the biggest deal in the whole wide world, this is how people will know Jesus when maybe, I don't know, we would be better, we would be equipping families differently if we thought about the rest of the week as ministry and how we equip and empower parents to help them help their kids to know Jesus. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think we're on the cusp of what does what is the role and purpose of the church? That question being really important and real. But for those of us who spend all our time here, that could be a threat or you could see it as a threat rather than the opportunity that it maybe actually is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if we if we actually flipped it and said, the urgency is that people know the grace and love of God and that they know how to actually, be a regular person following Jesus so that the next generation can see how regular people follow Jesus. That's a different urgency question for me. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And coming out of a time where the professionalization of ministry and like the church has done it to itself. We've had this conversation before, but like we've taken so much of faith formation out of the hands of the people who can do it best because they have relationship and they have time. So I don't know. That's, I I wonder if the urgency question is applicable, but also needs to be shifted. Like what urgency are we talking about? Is it about what happens inside these walls or how the church is transformed in this new liminal space of what will the church become and the urgency of pointing out where God already is at work In helping people join in that, rather Mm. than spending all of our time picking out the right curriculum or the best, I don't. Yeah. Bouncy house or I don't
1: know. It does seem to me like the as you're as you're speaking, I'm kind of seeing this distinction of of urgency within the church being different than urgency in the world, and when we function as a church in the way of the of the urgency of the world, that's the, that's the place where we need that. That's the place where we need to experience freedom from urgency. Right. But there is some urgency that I feel for sure, Danica, and I think this is where you're getting, what you're getting at. I feel some urgency for people to know the, the, the hopefulness and the truth of the gospel Mm -hmm. that actually like that urgent message sets should be able to set them free from the, urgency that the world demands of us. Yes. And, uh, gives us some less shameful ways to look at ourselves and others as like being unable to keep track of all the things that are going on in one's life. And you're not a superhero. If you can do, uh, 52 things versus somebody else's 27 things, I don't know what, where those numbers came from, but like, that's (laughs) That's what I feel like I can, about I can do about 27 things. And then like my wife can do 52 and then there's people out there that can like do 108. And I'm supposed to like, supposed to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa you really got it all together. Um, when really like that is not freedom. That's bondage to these expectations you have of yourself and that others have of you of this like time sensitivity and urgency that like, but you're spending it on urgent, but not important things. So to me, the urgency that you're talking about that actually might exist is an urgency for the gospel message to land for people enough that they give up the urgency of the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, Not even that they give it up, but that they like right size it. Yeah. Right. That like, for sure, there's important things that in the world we need to take care of. Yeah. But like, let's start to right size, which are the problems. Like, I'm not sure books are the problem. (laughs) Whoa. I'm just going to go out there and say that.
2: Like I'm also
0: not sure that drag queens are the problem. Right. But we, like, have made gigantic things out of things that, to me, are just a distraction from the real urgency, the real important things. Yeah. So I know, radical opinion, but books are not the problem.
1: Well, that's a place where... Regardless of the way that you see the world, you know, politics is a place where we are made to believe that if we don't make a decision about this particular thing right now, then we are going to lose our children or we're going to lose our country, we're going to lose our freedoms, we're going to lose these things right and it's, Mm -hmm. and it and it is a disease of both sides of the aisle so let's just acknowledge that piece of it that like there is urgency within that system that Mm -hmm. is some of it is real and a mm-hmm. lot of it is being put towards things that are not as important as yeah. as what maybe should be given the level of importance because there are so many so many things to do yep so many things that we need to accomplish yep how are we deciding which one is the most urgent
0: by the person who talks the loudest adam <laughs> that's how we
1: decide
2: I mean, yeah. wouldn't it, um, I did not see the conversation going this direction. And <laughs> I can't help myself but to say, wouldn't it be nice if we took away the sense of urgency to keep your position and mm. or have the majority uh-huh. in, mm. like, if those For two sure. things didn't matter as much, yeah. if those mm-hmm. weren't as urgent, man, we could do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's the acknowledgement that you've already lost the battle against yeah. the urgent time sensitive things that like... Like he says in the the article, like it kind of comes to this conclusion of like, you've lost the battle, right? (laughs) And so when you've lost it and you like, there's no need to fight it anymore, that like, maybe you might live a life that's a little bit more enlivening, right? That you, you can acknowledge that every day. When you go to bed, you made choices about what you were going to do, and you chose something that you thought deserved your attention or your time. When really you could have like, I chose to, I chose to do the task. Get cheesecake. In, yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> chose to get cheesecake, which I think was urgent in the moment. <laughs> But I chose that instead of like sitting at my table and doing the budget for the month. Right. Mm-hmm. Which has been a thing on my list for a long time. And I just never get to it. Cause there's not enough time in the day. I tell myself, but I chose cheesecake and errands, but like those things were important too. And they deserved my time. And I just, I lay my head on the pillow at night and there are millions of things that I could have chosen otherwise that deserve my attention that are also kind of important, maybe more important. So I've lost the battle and I'm not, I'm not a S H I T T Y person. (laughs) I have toddlers at home. I have, I'm not, I'm not a (laughs) shitty person for it. Right. Like I'm not, it's, I'm not a less of a person because I lost the battle. I just am a human being Mm -hmm. and Maybe that's the, that's the freedom, right? Is that like, so does, are we making, are we like playing semantics here? Does urgency exist still, but like its power doesn't in some ways?
2: There you go. We get to decide, right? Where it kind of, it turns all on its head when I think about whether or not, you know, sitting down and playing Mario with my daughter is an urgent thing. By any means, no. Or by all means, no. But when you think about it, that should, that should be an urgent thing when you think about what my priorities are in life or what is important to me as a mother, as even just as a human, as a participant in the, in our world. If you think about those things, then what becomes urgent yeah, is more, and, and like, like you were talking about, like being free from it, like accepting defeat and being free from free to like actually choose this is what's urgent to me mm-hmm. and then be at peace and putting your time and effort into those things. Definitely not something I am have perfected in any way, shape or form, but a nice concept.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it lets, it lets us not be the ones that have to solve everything that if we don't figure it out, whatever it is, the church, high school ministry, confirmation VBS, like pick something. Like if we don't figure it out, that the whole, the whole trajectory of the church in history is going to, like, mm-hmm. be changed forever. I was like, God, what, like, how do I think that I, like, I am that important, first of all? Mm-hmm. And how do I think that, like, that if it doesn't happen tomorrow, that I don't have the next day? You know? And uh, I might not have the next day, but then it's someone else's problem anyway. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's being maybe a little bit too like, like crass and like a uh, shrug, shrug emoji. But like I, in some ways that that is exactly what we're talking about is like, A, I'm not that important while still being important and worthy and awesome. And I got to believe that about myself more often. But second of all, like if it doesn't happen today, I've, I've, I can try I can try the next day. And if the next day doesn't exist, then god bless you the next person
2: Mm -hmm. i think another layer of this at least for me as we're thinking about you know evaluating what's urgent and whatever i'm like well yeah but i have got so many different things that demand my attention and effort and so an evaluation of that that piece is i have found now that i have too many um plates spinning in my life that like oh Maybe I need to start saying no to things because when I understand what is urgent and important, then I can say, you no, know, that is not something I can add to this ecosystem here because I've got mm-hmm. enough. I have enough. I am enough for what I already have going on. So that is, I think, a different, another layer of it is how many things we put energy into.
0: I thought there was the interesting part about the article is about so often we spend time on things that other people have told us are urgent mm-hmm. and how that like is sort of this like spin out part of who like, I, I truly think that it's become sort of this badge of honor in our society that like, Oh, I'm just so busy. And I hate oh, that so much. I'm so busy. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. like, or like I say more often than I'd like to admit, like my day was not my own. Mm-hmm. There were interruptions and things that came across that, like, someone else's poor planning became my crisis. And you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so some of it is inescapable until we decide that we're all breaking up with urgency or (laughs) that we're all breaking up with the glamorization of busyness. Mm -hmm. Because don't you think that? Like, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the amount of times I hear people in it one day. Just one day say their response is, How are you? Oh, I'm so I've been so busy. It's like
2: <laughs> are
0: you are you busy doing the things you want to be doing? Like are Ooh, they? that's a good
2: question. Good follow-up.
0: Like the article or the thing said about is there anything that enlivens you? Like, are you just saying you're busy because that's what we've assumed you're supposed to be? That's the supposed to say answer mm-hmm. or like can there be anything lovely about deciding to read a book
2: mm-hmm.
0: or play mario with your kid or you know like maybe we all just need to break up with busyness okay. and urgency and urgency
1: yeah because even what you said elizabeth about like the choice between mario kart and any other tasks and like giving that urgency like even that's not urgent because applying urgency to that assumes mm. that like, if you don't do that, then like your daughter's going to be like, like she goes down a different path, right? Like, like, and that, and, and like, maybe that's true. I mean, the butterfly effect, right? Like you made this choice. and <laughs> I mean, but like, oh my gosh, like of sure, infinite possibilities of things that happen if you don't choose this thing over this thing, but like removing the, the urgency from that as if like that, the the choice that you make is going to like, make this gigantic effect. Like, yeah, I mean, a, assign importance to it, but, but urgency that feels, that feels like the wrong or like, are you, you in... to apply to that, to that, yeah. that stuff? not that, not that what you, are I mean, you're totally right in that, like that.
0: Or is it okay to apply urgency to that? And then remove the guilt that the di- the dishes aren't being done.
1: I don't know, Danica. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I think this is kind of like chicken egg stuff.
1: Or it's just not black and white. Right. Or it's just yeah. not like definitive one way or the other. Yeah. That there are elements of urgency that make sense. Time sensitivity that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Importance. Matter. On sure. things like but trying to like rid ourselves of that just like pit in our stomachs that yeah. urgency creates when we apply it to everything
2: yes yeah think, yes that's that's the question Or well the... and it, it's like the stress response Points. too that like yeah is is the urgency or whatever kind of urgency that you whatever kind of urgency is it mm-hmm. causing stress because like Even playing Mario with my kids shouldn't be a stressful thing that I feel (laughs) a sense of urgency to accomplish, Yes, but instead a value and, you know, something that is important enough for me to be at peace, giving my time to, and being able to say no to every, every other thing,
0: Hmm.
2: you know, and that there was the one thing in the article that talked about choosing how there inevitably will be things that aren't done in a day. And choosing the things that do need and deserve your attention that day and then letting the rest go. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. The other, the alternative is being out of your mind, stressed at all the, all the other things that didn't get done. But like the truth is we literally can't do it all.
1: Yeah. And so I think a good way to kind of wrap up this thought process for us and for listeners is to just like ask that question that that Oliver Berkman a- asks at the end of of what might be an interesting, useful, and enlivening way to spend the hours of your day and how that might apply to your life. But also, you know, as we talk about ministry, what are the ways that you spend the hours that you've got in the ministry that you're doing that is interesting, <laughs> useful? and enlivening. Mm -hmm. And, and does that change the course of what you do or how Mm -hmm. you do it or the feeling that you have while you do it?
0: Which is a great, like going back to the last month's episode about wellness and actually making time for the things that do enliven you Mm -hmm. and making those urgent because it does actually matter that you stick around Mm -hmm. in whatever, I mean, whatever realm we're talking about in your family, in your job, in your relationships, you know, that Absolutely. like, maybe we're putting urgency on the wrong pieces. Hmm. Good maybe. conversation.
2: Yeah, last to think about.
0: Huh. All right. Before we go, there's a few quick announcements and reminders. The network's second online webinar, which we call Oasis, happened last week. The video session has been uploaded to the network's YouTube channel. Our guest teacher was Dr. Chuck Hunt of Fuller Youth Institute. Network Plus members can access it at elcaymnet.org slash oasis. The network's next Oasis session is coming up on September 14th. Our teacher will be Dr. Todd Bolslinger, the author of Canoeing the Mountains, and it will be at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. More info at elcaymnet.org slash oasis. At The Extravaganza in the last couple of years, we spent time learning about issues of indi- that Indigenous people face in our culture and in our church. The ELCA has developed a really helpful website with great resources. We encourage you to go to ELCA.org Indigenous to look at the resources and how we might use them to help our young people understand the experience of our Indigenous siblings and how these resources might shape our summer ministries and trips. Please note that the network is doing a serious upgrade of its website and online databases. It's a huge project, and during the next couple of weeks, you might notice some site outages or changes. The project should be completed June 1. Thanks for your patience. It's going to be a great change when it's complete. Thanks to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like Third Tuesday Conversation, our mobile app and Connect Journal, and the extravaganza, and so much more possible. If you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. If you are, double check to make sure your membership is up to date and you can do so by logging into the website and clicking on your name to see your account status. Thanks so much for listening. New podcasts will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. Be sure to subscribe so you receive them as they come out and share it with your friends. Finally, thanks to Paul Amlin, the 3TC producer for his work. Have a great
2: week. Bye. 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 Bye.